Greetings, everybody. Uh, this episode of the Golf Guide podcast is proudly presented by GolfGuide.net and specifically Golf Guide Events. That is right. This December, we are going to the number one golf destination in North America, which, of course, is Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. We're going to be heading up December 13th through the 17th, and I want you to join us. That's right. We're going up for four glorious days and four supremely terrific nights at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. We're going to play 18 holes at each of their 18-hole championship golf courses. We're also going to be out playing the Preserve. Uh, we're going to be playing the Punch Bowl. We're going to be staying in some immaculate Lily Pond Lodging. It, it, if you guys haven't been, you are going to be so impressed and just mystified by how magical this place is. If you've been to Bandon Dunes already, you know what I'm talking about, and you know you need to dip your feet back in that pool. It is so good. So if you want to join me and some of the other Golf Guide folks at Bandon Dunes this December, I invite you to visit golfguide.net. Click on the Events tab at the top of the webpage, and that will allow you to sign up for our Bandon Dunes trip in December, and you also have an opportunity there to sign up for our Gamble Sands trip this October as well. But for this podcast, I am pumped on Bandon. I want you guys to come to Bandon with me. It's going to be an amazing time. When you sign up, you get four rounds of golf, four nights lodging, buffet breakfast every single day, banquet dinners with all of us every single night, some really killer tea prizes, and uh, just some awesome fellowship and some really good times with a bunch of you know, just a bunch of passionate golfers that really like to drink scotch. It, it's going to be a really good time. So one more time, golfguide.net. Click the events link at the top. Sign up. Join me for some world-class golf on the Oregon coast. Uh, golfguide.net is the spot. And that's it. Let's, let's just get into it. Me, Jess, PGA Championship recap. Let's not waste any more time, everybody. Let's go with another episode of the Golf Guide podcast. Uh, what is shaking, everybody? Uh, welcome back. Chief Blogging Officer Jeff Stemak is with me to talk 2019 PGA Championship, uh, which saw us witness a very uh, above-average performance by one Brooks Kepka. You know, I feel like I've already said too much. I, Jess, how are you, sir? Uh, how was everything? Um, the initial thoughts on this tournament? Just just go. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> uh, what color scheme was Brooks Kepka wearing on Sunday? Uh, some sort of deep uh, aqua blue, team. white, black... Um, yeah, it was. Hey, I gotta talk. I gotta talk about the hats. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually let, let's just start right there. The, the the hats. Just the. I got a lot of negative feedback from a lot of different places this weekend <laughs> regarding the uh, the outfits on Brooks and a number of the guys out there. Just start with the hats and just what were your initial? What was your initial feedback based on the fashion we saw out of Beth Page Black this past weekend? I immediately went to Twitter dot com that that new website and. Um, and uh, they, they call it a tweet. I, I tweeted that that was the biggest whiff of the week. Uh, those hats, I mean, they're so bad, Rory vetoed it. <laughs> I was unaware. Rory vetoed it. <laughs> the guy that used to wear the mock colors, he vetoed the hat. That's how bad the hat was. <laughs> He's so big up on Nike. 
I, I think Brooks can probably he he now has detail ability, but Rory was like, no, I'm not wearing that hat. I mean, in their defense, the 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 swoosh is not only just tacky; it's it, it's it's yeah. never been proven to be effective or look cool. Uh, so I mean, I, I I think Nike was spot on and just it just abandoning that thing right out of the gate and just going with the perfect vertical sideways Nike. I mean, I I think the guys up there, <laughs> Wyman and Kennedy or whatever that marketing firm is out of Portland, these these guys, the brain trust up there is they're they're just hitting home runs, man. I mean, it's <laughs> never never be afraid to explore, Mister Steemack. Whoever had the final say. And going, oh yeah, we're breaking this one out for the U.S. Open or the, the PCA. Oh boy, uh, I I hope your resume is up to date, <laughs> and uh, you might want to leave that one out of the portfolio. <laughs> the legal weed in Oregon appears to be good to quite good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, did you see that thing? Speaking of which, did you see that thing before the game? Um, Barstool put it up. One of the local guys from San Francisco was interviewing a Blazers fan, like asking him how he thought game four was going to go. He's like, oh, we got game four. He's like, we're coming back. He's like, we're going to win in seven. And the local commentator was basically going, I think the the words were, someone is joining the um, recreational marijuana up here or something like that. Yes. it was it was hilarious. Yeah, no, it, it really was. And we, you know, we should let the listeners know because they they may be listening to this. You know, tomorrow. Uh, you know, we're recording yeah. this on a Monday, the day right. You know, following Brooks Kepka's 2019 PGA Championship victory. But you know, for the people that are going to come back and want to hear our input on this tournament, you know, one, two, five, twenty years from now, uh, you know, yeah. they, they should know that we're recording this just moments after the Golden State Warriors have clinched the Western Conference, and are heading to the NBA Finals with a 4-0 sweep over the Portland Trail Blazers. I feel really good. Quick quick basketball aside, how are you feeling about the Warriors, about yourself, about this community right now, Mr. Stemak? Really confident. Uh, to do what they've done without KD is special. I mean, Kevon Looney, guy just puts up insane numbers. Plays like half the game at that. Draymond has come out and said, you know, I really tried to focus on not being such a whiner. Like, I, I didn't, I I was whining too much. I wasn't focused on basketball. Uh, you can definitely tell in his play, a couple of triple doubles. Him and Steph are the first teammates to both have a triple double in a playoff game. Pretty unbelievable. McKinney, just an assassin. You guys got a lot of balance, too. He rebounds the ball really well. Uh, Clay is just clutch. Livingston is like, Grandfather time, uh, father I mean, just, just guy looks twenty five out there. Uh, it's really fun. We we talked about it. We're so spoiled, you understand. We're so spoiled. We are incredibly spoiled, and I, you know, w- w- without going down too much of a uh, a rabbit hole here, um, I have to admit, man, th- there was a lot of times this season where, for the first time in a while, and it really, really sucked. I found myself not really enjoying watching the Warriors, despite how unbelievably talented and unbelievably good they were. I, I don't have a great explanation other than for whatever reason they just weren't as captivating. And I, 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 I think it, I think God, dude, I, I think a lot of it has to be has to be Draymond. You know, but yelling at KD, and then he gets he gets uh, 
you know, suspended from the from the team for a game. Mm-hmm. He was he was almost like just a, almost like an antic. You know what I mean? Like a, a like a, a a distraction. And but yeah, I totally agree. Like in that there were some things like they got off to the hot start and then they cooled down with injuries and uh, it's. Yeah, but the way they're playing right now, this is like 2015 all over again, man. This is everyone is doing their part. They're gonna be able to rest for nine days. I mean, things are going well. <laughs> things are going well. I agree, and uh, I, I think Draymond Green playing with the intensity that he has been playing with in these NBA playoffs, especially in the Western Conference Finals, that dude. I mean, he is the straw that stirs the drink, Different and when guy. he, dude, when he gets going. It just makes everything else more awesome. I mean, Draymond playing his ass off and you know putting the kind of effort and you know caring about these games the way that he does just makes them so entertaining. It gets Steph going. It gets Clay more pumped up. I mean, now admittedly, you know, I think Kevin Durant's absence maybe also plays into this a little bit because here's one thing: the Warriors are not as good without Kevin Durant and probably aren't the favorites to win the championship this year or next year if they don't have Kevin Durant. Um, but selfishly, just from a pure joy and like an entertainment standpoint, with them having it be a little bit tougher, it kind of makes the wins taste a little bit better, and that that I do like. That, that I think that oh, sure. that part is really enticing. I, I actually enjoy that quite a bit. Absolutely. But I will say, I, I think you're absolutely right in that Draymond Green, he is the guy that gets everything going because of how much he cares. And I think when people see how much Draymond Green lives and dies with the with the way he plays and how his team does is what makes Warriors fans love him so much and what makes people who don't like the Warriors hate him so much. He's very polarizing. And it's kind of funny because to tie this thing right back in the PGA Championship, Brooks Kepka has a personality that's a little bit you know polarizing. And it's funny because it's like the mm-hmm. exact opposite of Draymond Green in that He's so neutral, he never gets high, he never gets low, that it's almost just, yep. it's tough to find him endearing and you wanting to root for him because you you want at least, I mean, I don't know, people want to think that when people do well, you want to root for people to do stuff that makes them happy. I'm not sure winning makes him all that happy, but I'm not sure, you know, getting his ass kicked really makes him all that sad. He just seems so level all the time, and yeah. he won this tournament this weekend, and I have to admit, seeing him as pumped up as he was, making that putt on 18... That was the first moment in my entire life where I was kind of like, "Yeah, he's all right." I, I, like you know, not, oh, yeah. not from a golf perspective, but just from like a human perspective. I was like, "Yeah, all right." I'm glad he's liking getting this done. That makes me feel like at least somebody's going to appreciate this goddamn Wanamaker Trophy. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. He won this golf tournament, put on a fucking clinic on Thursday and Friday. Um, oh, that was I, that was. That was um, I, I I I did a blog yesterday afternoon, and I wanted to do it right after the finish. Um, Handshakesandbirdies.com. Thursdays, uh, Thursday and Friday rounds were like John Wick one and John Wick two. Thank you. Like, oh my were, god, I'm so glad you hit the John Wick reference because I it's it's so true. Like, just I mean, dude, that that's. That Thursday, sixty-three. That's for me. I, I I felt like okay, Jess, don't don't go. And I did. I said I think that's a top ten round all time. I I really that and and maybe not because Danny Lee shot sixty-four, but I mean, 
bogey free in those conditions. The guy, um, yeah, I'll stand by it. Sixty three on that golf course. Um, it's all balls, dude. Unbelievable. And, and then, the, and then there was nothing JV about the performance on the, Thursday. With a phenomenal sequel, sixty five, just unbelievable. I mean, the guy he he won a, he won a PGA by two strokes, Kyle, playing with a B minus at best, probably a C plus or C game over the weekend. <laughs> Only a couple people that have ever been able to do that. <laughs> that is a really was, good play. It was really impressive. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at – that's that's it's kind of – it's pretty cut clear. You know, Rory and uh, – or uh, DJ and Brooks are kind of just a little bit better than the rest of those guys in the top ten right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DJ gets second by four. So – that was, um, God, what a test. What a golf course. What a golf course. Brooks, I mean, just. That place, oh, that was just. There's a bloodbath out there. He, it was, I, I read about, basically the back nine on Sunday was almost like a match play scenario um, <laughs> where Brooks knew he didn't have to be aggressive like he was the first two days, right? Saturday was kind of like a, okay, who's going to come at me? Do I need to even hit the gas pedal or can I just keep it in neutral all day? And he didn't even have to get the gas pedal. Um, and then Sunday he was just kind of waiting for someone to throw the first punch. And he, it, it was, he, he didn't need to take aggressive lines. He didn't need to, t- especially with his irons. He didn't need to put aggressively. Um, and the way those holes were playing with that wind, I talked about effectively some of those bogeys, felt like par because the other guys had to make a really good par to, to pick up stroke. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. So I, I just, I, I totally looked at it as a parallel to, to match place. So like Dustin Johnson. Yeah. I mean, like I think I called it, it was almost, he almost, someone had to have a Carl's backward back line, um, because he was starting. And then it's just, I think he, you know, the, the two bogeys on six, don't get me wrong, a playoff would have been nuts, right? A, a playoff. A playoff would have been parts. absolutely insane. <laughs> and, and, you know, they talked about it at the end of the broadcast, and I touched on it too. New York rallied behind Dustin. You didn't, you don't see that a lot, you know what I mean? He's kind of like, he really, they, they kind of shoved him and the way, Brooks did uh, the way he played on Thursday and Friday. He kind of made Dustin the underdog. You don't see that a lot. Which, by the way, or the, ever. N- not to cut you off, but just a little quick aside, which is crazy to me because if either one of those dudes were to play for the fucking Yankees, you can't tell me that Brooks Kepka doesn't look like a Daryl-ass New York Yankee ab- from yeah. head to toe. He, is, he was born to wear pinstripes. He's the guy that I that thought was- these people would rally behind. That would be a Mantle and Maris type situation, dude. Yes. That would be unbelievable. I mean, it was, it was, we, I thought it's too bad they weren't in the same group because those roars Dustin was making oh, were causing, man, was two groups away. Can you imagine if those roars were in the same group? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, we've already been so spoiled this year with Augusta and this, this, I, you had a feeling, you had a feeling, and, and we didn't think it was going to be anyone but DJ. 
no one else had the firepower to challenge uh, yesterday on Sunday. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, he goes out there and he shoots three under in the front nine. And, and, and Brooks was still, he had a little cushion. He's like, I don't need to go with that flag. I don't need to go with that flag. And luckily, Johnson cooled off for his sake. But, boy, it was when it went to four and then it went to two, uh, boy, I thought, you know, it. and then the two shot Kepka hit. That was, and they like weren't even covering it. That was such a good second shot he hit off that line. Oh, on eighteen, he could have went right under that ball. That oh. was a sixty degree. He could have went right under that ball and left it in that bunker. It was incredible, and it was also awesome because while he was hitting that golf shot, CBS took that as a perfect opportunity to actually put you know start airing a Dustin Johnson interview. And just basically show show the Brooks Kepka shot in like a small box on the side of the screen. I I read that there was a few individuals that were less than enthused about that broadcasting decision by CBS. Our buddy Frank Virginian, that never would have happened under his watch. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never would have happened yeah, under his but, watch. No, you're absolutely right, though, man. That second shot on 18 is wildly underrated. I mean, that is a really... <laughs> really tough shot and honestly the second you saw where he was having to stand and what he's going to do all of a sudden you're like holy shit a six is not out of the question and it wasn't it but, wasn't but you know what man all, all you know all credit to brooks kepka he knew he had two shots to play with and he's like i'm a professional goddamn golfer man i will just get this out in the fairway I and i'll get up and down and i won't even and, and if i don't get up and down i still got this you're just like i don't think the producers we're thinking he was going to hit that shot that quickly. Like, oh, he's going to go over a few options with this caddy. The guy grabbed a 60 degree, like, didn't even make the practice when he just got in there and whacked it. I mean, shit, man, at that point, I feel I feel like just thinking about that shot, really, like, you know, is that really going to help all that much? Almost like the less you think about it, I feel like the higher success rate. Unreal. Yeah, it's, it, it, it was an unreal shot. And then, I mean, shit, man, that flipper that he hit up there, uh, to five or six feet, you know, with the entire golf world watching you, that you know, those are pretty high stakes. And uh, I, 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 I hope he pushed that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I really hope he pushed that because that was that was a that was a that was a bold line, Cotton. Like if yes, if, if that thing flies up the face a little bit and gets shut right, and it, you know, even if it's just kind of up against the car. Uh, I mean, he had he had the entire world left of that flag. There's nothing wrong with hitting it 15 feet left. He's not going to three putt from 15 feet. No. But for him to go in between the flag and the, and the rough and the bunker, I was like, oh wow, he 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 really he really doesn't care. That is a really good point. <laughs> the guys, the guys, like he, he had so much room left, and it's not like it was a hard putt. I was he was he was like, I want to make par. That was, and you saw how it the fist pump. That I was like. Just a huge weight. I mean, think about how focused he wouldn't even kiss his girlfriend before the round. How focused was the guy? I mean, she did look right? a little thirsty, just, and he was—he was having none of it. 100% locked in, and then just absolutely gets bear hugged by his caddy. He's like, "Oh, thanks for another 200 grand, Brooks." <laughs> yeah, he's got to be feeling a little 1.9 million dollar payday for for a winner, which I thought was crazy because there was not a tie for second place. Dustin Johnson still walked away with one point one million for a second. Dude, it was almost it was almost Woo! it was almost one point two. It was like one point one eight. It was crazy. 
<laughs> Brooks eat twenty thousand dollars short of, of two mil. I mean, it's it's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, these purses are absolutely wild, and uh, yeah, like I said, we, we mentioned it a couple times now, man. Uh, you know that that fist pump and just how absolutely uh, happy, satisfied, and just elated he was making that putt on eighteen. It was great to see some emotion from him. Um, now that this man has won four major championships, um, you know, I mean, dude, that puts him in some rarefied in, in air. Under, in under two years, yeah. I mean, that's just. Did that in 23 months. Well, I mean, the stat the stat they keep beating to death, which uh, the thing is, they should, because when you're in the same company as Ben Hogan, Jack Nicholas, and Tiger Woods, you're doing something pretty good. That's a nice foursome. That's a nice. That's a, that is a nice foursome. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude, it, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, I guess my my question to you then would be, does this change the way that you feel about Brooks Kepka, the golfer, and like the the athlete. I mean, not, not so much. I mean, obviously, we love his golf game. You know, he can he can win just about anywhere, hitting the ball a mile and hitting it straight, and with enough you know enough strength to muscle it out of any lie at any spot. I mean, he, guys as talented as a guy you'll find in the world right now. But how do you feel about like Brooks Kepka, like aside from his golf game after this weekend? Just, just the, the amount of precision and discipline, and the guy. It, Obviously, you know, same coach, Dustin Johnson. Those guys look like just two of the most confident golfers you've seen in a really long time. Obviously, Tiger, uh, Duvall had that swagger. Phil never had that swagger. He had that happy-go-lucky thumbs-up Arnold Palmer. Uh, Phil never really had that, for lack of a better phrase, I have the Tiger. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, um, basically, I think what we're trying to say is, he, you know, he's got that fuck you edge, thing. you know? He's got that fuck you yeah, edge that Tiger had, and uh, Phil Phil he, just too, too many thumbs up. that chip on the shoulder. Phil is, like, you know, just put in again. Phil makes 40 mil a year off the course. So, <laughs> for Pat, <laughs> choose, choose which one you want. You know what I mean? That's, that's um, a very fair point. And that's just in the casinos. Uh, oh! Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you just, uh, you know, and then on the golf course, it's like, okay, is this a hot streak? No, that doesn't look like a hot streak. That looks like a guy that's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Uh, someone brought it up, maybe that Daryl Brandle. He's like, after that, and he's totally making up for, for calling him out about the Sports Illustrated stuff. And, um, he goes, well, this, so you look like a guy that's going to make it to 10 pretty quick now. Uh, and, Unless, uh, unless his brother like steals his uh, his routine, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. He looks really poised to have, I'd say, a really good five year run. I, I mean, I think there's. I, I don't think he'll get. I mean, talk about it. with Tiger. Uh, he, I mean. His caddy's from Fort Rush. You know that, right? Wait, say it one more time. His caddy is from Fort Rush. Brooks's is? Yes. Jesus. I heard that during the broadcast. Oh, I did not know that. I admittedly I watched a lot of this tournament with uh, with the sound off. Um yeah. why, why I don't know, but so, that is I mean Oh man. Well that uh <laughs> I don't well, that, that that's a you know, that's a nice little wrinkle. I don't think Pebbles certainly, you know, I think there's other people that sets up better for, but 
as good as he's hitting it, it's like, well, you have to at least put him equal with those other, other ball strikers. You know what I mean? I mean, shit, dude. If, um, if Brooks is playing anything like he did on Thursday and Friday this week, uh, he can win yeah, anywhere. Then, it's not, then, the, then the venue doesn't matter. Well, as long as say, the, he as can win anywhere, assuming it's a major championship. In the green, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, so we joked about it on the last podcast, but it's so true. So does that mean he's got five wins down four of them were majors? Uh, four win, uh, six or, wins, or, six wins, four of them were majors. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's sixty-six percent. Uh, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd like it if he kept that up for a while. But when, when he hits eight majors, if he hits eight majors, and he has anything except twelve career victories at that point, I will be just disappointed. What if his per- his percentage just keeps going up? <laughs> That'd be so amazing. Uh, basically, just he's like four for six. He's like, I could definitely go five. For six. I could definitely go six for eight. I think at some point uh, he's actually just going to be you know putting stuff in a neutral in the back nine on Sundays just to make sure he keep, keeps collecting top five finishers, you know, just, and just collecting some nice checks, and then basically just <laughs> it, basically I, I think was it you? You were the one that sent me the 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 best take of all. Uh, oh. which is the one from Club Pro Guy. I mean, maybe maybe you should share with everybody because it's like it's so perfect. Like basically, what he was doing on Sunday no, is, go is ahead, basically go, a, ahead, go ahead go ahead and bring it home. Well, it's basically it's just like a representation of what he's doing like during PGA Tour events, right? Like what what, yeah. what he did on Sunday was essentially like a microcosm of how he treats all regular you know regular PGA Tour events, and this was really beautifully put by uh, by Club Pro Guy uh, at Club Pro Guy on Twitter. Where they were showing like a visual graphic of his scorecard with the four straight bogeys in the back nine, and Club Pro guy just in absolute peak form, you know, quote, you know, winning a major while managing his index for member guest season is uh, that's what makes Cupcake elite. <laughs> 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 that's just that's so it's oh, so true. It's God, like, it's incredible. He's like, you know, he's like the guys who've been in Valley in the nine hole business league match. You could have to a hard enough hard enough start, you know. You, you got him five down through five. That's when you uh, double here, you know, the old three bucks. Exactly. Five, uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're even through five, but you end up shooting 42 type deal. You know what I mean? Dude, the, the, the best part is like I have being someone that plays in, in you know, in an industrial Benna Valley league. It's so awesome when you see it too. Like I remember like last year, there was a guy that basically went down. He's just, you know, at some point then just starts throwing it. He was like literally just taking oh, yeah. out nine irons from the tee. He was getting to, uh, <laughs> he would like basically get like on in five for like a, a par four and you know, leaving himself like 45 footers. And then the guy that was going uh, against him was like, yep, that's good. Nice six. <laughs> I just wouldn't even let him play. He's like, yeah, that's good. Get out of here. Like the, tip, the tipping point for my dad when he quit playing that, that league, he was like, just so many sandbaggers and towards the last three holes, just doing index maintenance. And my dad, he started giving him. And the sandbaggers were so confused. He started giving them like twenty footers. He's like, "No, you earned that one." Exactly. It's just absolutely classic. I'd like to see him take it one step further and give him like a forty-yard pitch. Just like, dude, I think you had that. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go and just say that one was good. Oh, it's it's sandbagging. So I I I love telling the story. I was down at. Uh, Casey Christmas uh, Classic at Del Monte. Uh, Casey Boynes used to run a tournament down there. Uh-huh. Uh, amateur, AmateurGolf.com runs it now. But uh, this had to be whew, 15 years ago. Uh, maybe 16 years ago we're down there, and there's obviously a, a championship division and a net division, and uh, it was a little rainy, and you know the scoreboard is under the, the scoring area. You get your, your burger, sit down. 
and Uncle Uncle Jay is he's looking at the championship fight, but then he he takes a gander over to the net division, and he goes, "Oh my, who is the nine that shot 70? And <laughs> the guy was sitting directly behind us, and this guy had no shame. He defended his sandbaggery, stood up and said, I'm the nine that shot 70. You want to say that to my face? And I stand up, and he has a buddy that was like this 350 pounds and low and did it. And I sit right back down. <laughs> and Uncle Jay, like a bulldog, goes, no, it's it's a great round of golf. It's I, I You're just not a nine, right? So the guy, he starts running his mouth, and I'm like, Uncle Jay, let's let's just leave it alone. The guy had the balls to back it up with a 74 the next day. God, yes. <laughs> he would have finished. He would have finished third in the championship flight. God, that is so... <laughs> I wanted to go up to him and be like, hey. You should really petition for both flights money. Third yeah. <laughs> <laughs> place, uh, the championship flight might have paid more than first place in the net flight. <laughs> I wonder, does this guy know what a nine handicap is? That is incredible. Oh, so funny. And so oh. Uncle Jay, bless his heart, called his home, found out his home club, pretended to be the guy. Said, hey, I forgot my gym number. Is there any way you get the the club pro gives him the gym number? And Uncle <laughs> Jay posted fake scores for the guy. <laughs> Uncle Jay goes, well, he's not going to be a nine for long. So I just got <laughs> hold of his gym number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fucking fantastic! Oh, oh. The greatest thing my Uncle Jay has ever done. God, that is <laughs> Uncle Jay. I don't know you, but. Wow, uh, you are kind of a hero of mine now. That that is incredible. <laughs> Could be a real solid addition to the band and dudes. Oh, big fan of band and dudes. God, that is incredible. Oh, powerful Uncle Jay. And Scotch. God, that is so. That is, he he would thrive in Band of Dunes, by the way. That just I mean, not, not that oh, it, it, it sounds like he does already, but uh, wow. Okay, well. That, that, that's the thing. I'm, I'm sure Brooks Kepka will be enthused to post his was it 74 on Sunday. Kind of try to you know chip away yeah. at that plus seven handicap of his. Or is he a plus eight or is, is plus seven like as low as you can go? I don't know. They said Tiger was like a plus seven in 2000. I, I got to imagine that's about as low as you can go. God, that's crazy. Um, all right. Let's how, how about some non Brooksy uh, takeaways from this tournament? Yeah, uh, I, I got. I, I got a couple written down. Okay, uh, perfect. Yeah, well, just just talk, t- take we, me wherever you want, man. We talked about long shots. Uh, Luke List had a sixth place finish. Yeah, uh, was there. Uh, played really well. Mm-hmm. He hit forty three percent of his fairways and forty four percent of the greens, and finished one under par. Pretty impressive. That is um, wild. You're gonna like this. One. Jordan <laughs> Spieth hit thirty six percent of his fairways. And fifty six percent of the greens oh. had his best putting week ever. He was better than three strokes gained putting than the next closest guy. No way. The margin between he him and second place was that big. Rolled his rock. Wow. Uh, DJ hit fifty percent of the fairways, fifty percent of the greens. Get ready for this one. Patrick Cantlay hit seventy-one percent of the fairways and sixty-six percent of the greens. 
Patrick Cantlay is good at golf. Very, 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 very good at golf. He's very this one, skilled. And this, this, this might have cost him maybe second place. Matt Wallace hit fifty percent of his fairways and only thirty nine percent of his greens, and the guy finished tied for third. Man, can't do that. How crazy is that? You cannot do that, man. I mean, shoot, like fifty percent of the fairways out there with how, dude, how with how tiny those fairways are. Like, there's such an absolute premium on getting in those things. And really, I mean, what we saw, you know, up until Sunday, basically what we saw is the only dude in that field that seemed like he was strong enough to muscle himself out of that rough and still get it close to the hole was Brooks, Brooks Kepka. I mean, it, it felt like oh, he yeah. was the only guy in that entire field that was able to do that, where the fairways didn't matter as much for him as everybody else. Maybe that was a difference. And guys like Jordan Spieth could go on a just a rampage putting the way that they did, and still they, yep. they weren't even sniffing even just the the most long distance of Brooks Koepka farts all weekend. I mean, it just it just was not happening for anybody except BK. Yep, uh, and this is pretty unreal. Uh, our buddy Tommy Fleetwood hit fifty percent of his fairways and only thirty nine percent of his greens. Yeah, that, how many that, that buckets of ball do you think he's hitting with his irons this week? <sighs> a lot. I'd like to think he's hitting more than me. Okay. Probably just a, just a few more than you. Okay. All right. Yep. That that sounds about right. Huh. Uh, yeah. And yeah. then I, I got a disappointed list here. I mean, Tiger missed the cut. Bryson, six over. Reed, six over. Leishman, five over. Bubba, five over. Sergio, five over. Rom, five over. Poulter, six over. Uh, Ricky had a – I mean, no one really played well on Sunday except mm-hmm. our guy Ricky, who shot six times. Yeah, um, and by the way, given those conditions out there, that is a hell. Oh. That is that is perhaps the most impressive sixty nine. Play golf anymore? <laughs> God, he just he just like he just he can't wait until he turns fifty. <laughs> Ricky is Ricky this, likes coast. Sixty nine is really good. Sixty nine is so good. I mean, granted, uh, the guys that got to play. You know, I mean, the guys that got to play a little earlier in the day certainly had an advantage because they weren't dealing with as much wind yeah. as the as the leaders were in the afternoon. But still, I mean, the way that golf course is playing for everybody, yeah, breaking par on Sunday was uh, it's balls, all balls. Um, Agreed. Yeah, 100%. crazy. All right. Um, so you got me. You got got your disappointed list. Um, I wanted your take on this because I, I, Grant, I, I was I was telling you before that I watched a lot of this tournament on mute. Uh, you know, just basically just had it on while I was doing some stuff around the house or getting some stuff done for work yeah. and just kind of watching, you know, golf. Um, and so I didn't really hear uh, either the fans or the commentators talking about the fans, but a few things I was reading online was telling me that many of the scribes that were covering this tournament uh, were less than enthusiastic about the crowds and how rowdy uh, or, you know, just generally obnoxious, I guess is the word a lot of them were using. The crowds were at Beth Page. Did you notice that? And do you have any thoughts on it after uh, watching everything this past weekend? Yeah, I do. Um, New York is known for raucous crowds. Uh, but they're also way louder. Uh, it's it's more of a stadium-type environment. Um, you know, I think for the most part, it's the same in every tournament, too. There's going to be a couple of drunk guys that yell stupid shit um but yeah it's 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 hard you know what i mean it's it's <laughs> half the people are overserved you know what i mean yeah. um 
and a lot of them, it's, it's a Sunday, you know what I mean? Like they're going to have a good time. They're out there. It's, uh, you know, there's not a lot of action. There's a lot of waiting in between groups. Uh, and I think some people just get impatient and impulsive and, uh, it's hard, but you'll, you, you know, you're never going to be able to prevent one Daryl out there. You know what I mean? Right. But I think as a whole, it's like, it kind of comes with territory. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it, it's going to bug the, the, the players that are looking for an excuse that they play bad. It's not going to bug the guys that play well. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's totally not. Uh, DJ had to back up a shot, and then he hit a wedge to 15 feet on 15 made birdie. You know what I mean? Sure. It's mm-hmm. like, back off, start your, you know, your caddy's going to tell you to start all the way over. The good players do. The, the, some players that are just out, uh, you know, they, they've already mailed it in. They're just going to go ahead and hit the shot and hit it poorly, and then look back at the guy that might have said something. You know, I mean, you see it, you see it every week almost. It, it kind of comes with the territory. Like focus. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might have told the story in 1995 when Woody Austin was playing at Windsor in the uh, in the Sonoma County Open. Uh, I'm literally 60 yards behind him on 60 eating the Snickers bar. And he turns around and goes, hey, kid, you think the candy can wait? And I was like, what? And my dad just goes, hey, Woody, how about you focus a little harder? <laughs> Literally 60 yards sixty yards behind him. Not a big Woody Austin fan. Not no, a big, not a big Woody, Woody Austin, Austin fan. fan. Uh, and no, yeah, yeah. No, that's, okay. No, no, I, I completely, completely agree with you. Um, I mean, the guys that are weak mentally – are going to be more uh, prone to be affected by stuff like that. I, I don't know. Do do you just generally speaking from a golf standpoint? Do you care one way or the other? Because there's a lot of people out there that when they hear the guy like after the shot gets hit yelling, you know, yelling crap like mashed potatoes or whatever, whatever you know the phrase of choices for the Daryls of that particular golf tournament. I mean, if guys assuming that they're not talking and you know screwing the guys up like right in the middle of their downswing where they're like you know really. Yeah. You know, assuming they're they're starting to yell and get rowdy, you know, when not basically after the ball is hit and not during like the you know the hitting process. Uh, do you have any problem at all with guys getting rowdy? And I, I, I don't personally. No, I don't. Okay, yeah, that, that, no, that's it's, what it sounds it's, like. It's their, it's their five minutes of fame. The ball's already in the air. Nothing matters. You know what I mean? Uh, back to the complaining. You know, sometimes in the Ryder Cup, you get the visiting team complaining, but it's like. What are you complaining about, dude? You're playing the greatest sport. You're playing the greatest sports event, team event of all time. Don't complain about the crowd. Everyone else would love to play in that environment. The other guys on tour that were like 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 down the list, all those guys that are close and wasn't a captain's pick, I'm pretty sure they gladly trade shoes with you. Yes, they would. Some European fans. Yes, you know they would. I mean? Absolutely. So it's take it, take it like a like a badge of achievement. You know what I mean? If you're good enough to get ragged by someone, that means you're doing something right. That right? means it's, it's, it's like the old Barry Bonds quote, you know? Like, you know, there's nothing I enjoy more than hearing 56,000 people in Dodger Stadium boo me. That means I must be doing something really good. <laughs> yeah, it's like... That's a rip. I love it. He really does have a soft voice uh, for an absolute <laughs> Barry Lamar Bonds. Um, yeah, man, it, it, that that's the thing. Is like it, it kind of uh, it's it's really silly to me how many people, at least in the golf world, get really worked up and get all pissed off at you know drunk people at tournaments yelling funny and weird stuff after people at golf balls when it has absolutely no 
no effect on the play or the outcome whatsoever. Yeah. It's just it's just you know it's it's, it's just people finding something to get offended about, and I I, I hope those people yeah. can. Uh, It'd just be good for them not to care anymore. It's it's so it's so much easier not yeah, to care. Absolutely, <sighs> you can't control it. You can't control what other people are going to do. Just no. embrace it. Yeah, it's just it, again. I, I I use that in in many aspects of my life. It's it's just really easy to not care. I mean, it, <laughs> it, yeah. stress levels down tremendously. Um, yeah. You so know, you don't see that happen a lot. You don't see that happen a lot with Phil. No, because Phil loves the crowd. He does, man, and he he is more Phil, pumped for this Phil Ryder treats, Cup. Phil treats the crowd. Phil treats the crowd like. Like like common folk, like his part of his army, army's yep. army. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. No one's gonna go out of their way to try and trip up Phil. No, dude. I mean, and that's the thing is, like, does anybody hate Phil? Like, no. Like, I mean, no. I mean, there's a lot of people that who Phil's their favorite golfer, and then there's a lot of people that don't like certain guys. I don't know anybody that just doesn't like Phil, with and for good reason. If, if you, if, yeah, you should. I mean, the guy, the stuff he's been through, the stuff he donates to charity. Like, he's an unbelievable guy. He's. Everyone should strive to be. Who wouldn't want to make forty million years uh, off off golf course, Kyle? I'm so, like, I'm, I'm thinking. He has the laid brain, down the brain is pretty, churning. He has laid down a pretty solid trail of breadcrumbs yeah. uh, for for how to be successful on the PGA Tour. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would would like to be in his shoes. Uh, I think so. Yeah, and and he's the one that's been most vocal about how much that golf course is going to kick ass for the Ryder Cup. I mean, he was saying it after the Open in 2002. Um, oh, I hope he's I hope he's a captain. <sighs> Me too, man. Um, and he's he's got to be the way the way dude the way the New York crowds have, have like cherished him. I think it's got to be him. Yeah, yeah. I, I would uh, at least hopefully a, a vice captain. You yeah. know, because. 2024, five years away. I don't think he's on that team, uh, but hopefully a vice captain, if not captain. Completely agree. I, I love Phil. New York loves Phil. It would be great to see him involved in that Ryder Cup. I mean, that that's kind of the last thing that I wanted to touch on, man, is that uh, the next time we're going to see this golf course uh, under the lights is is, is going to be this Ryder Cup here five years from now in 2024. Um, does God, that's any, amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Does, did anything about this tournament change your opinion on how you think that Ryder Cup is going to go a few years from now? Uh, hopefully, the PGA sets it up the exact same they did this week. That was, tip your bill to the PGA of America and the staff at Bethpage. That was, a, you know, they were worried about it being in May, right? Mm -hmm. That was a phenomenally just, it, it looked great. <laughs> it looks great. I didn't hear any of the players complaining. Mm -mm. They had to deal with a little bit of weather. But to bravo, Terry Haig and the PGA of America and the staff at Beth Page, that was, that was truly an awesome, awesome, awesome venue for a PGA championship. Totally agree. I, I think they did a tremendous job. They uh, have proven themselves to be, dare I say, wildly more competent. I'm hosting right a major you. championship right in the USGA. <laughs> right there with you. Oh man, incredible stuff! I again, a really, a really fun, memorable uh, weekend of golf. A very cool major championship with a dominant performance by Brooks Kepka um, at a golf course that was savagely difficult, maimed a lot of the world's best golfers, uh, but ultimately, the guy with the big biceps he comes through. You know, he, yeah. just like you said at the beginning. The stoic golfing assassin, the John Wick of the PGA Tour, Brooks Kepka, yeah. 
remaining victorious. I haven't seen John Wick three yet, so I don't know how that ends. So that, 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 that is on the I checklist for this week. Fact, but uh, whew, God, I'm pumped. I was uh, Pat Jordan had to cancel. Uh, he goes, you know, at, I know we talked about maybe Monday afternoon. Uh, John Wick three. Um, forgot about the Warriors. So we're I think we're, we're tentatively thinking Thursday. Um, maybe a burger before. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Yeah, I, just, I don't know if we'll have enough time. <laughs> you know, but that's really well looking forward to John Wick three. Yes, I'm going to try trailer. to do it's the trailer gets me a little bit excited. It does get me a little hot and a little bothered, and I feel very comfortable yeah. with that. Um, perfect. Maybe being hot and bothered. Maybe that's an appropriate time to bring this thing to a wrap, man. Do you got anything uh, else you want to share? Hold on, hold on, oh, oh, hold on. This is why I asked. On. Do you got anything else you want to share? For- Please go ahead. We forgot that we for- we forgot kind of the underlying thing. Jordan Spieth. Um, did he did he turn a corner, Kyle? Did he did he turn a little bit of a corner? I. I want to say yes. However, I would like to temper my expectations. I would like to see him. <laughs> I would like to see him putt well and play well one more time without any more setbacks, and then I will be willing to concede and hope that Jordy is back on track. I I, I need to see a couple more rounds yeah. before I before I uh, let myself start to entertain that idea. I don't know if Colonial is the best venue for him to play coming off a 36% mm. fairways hit. Uh, but a hot putter cures all. A hot putter. Uh, so he's he's playing he's playing Colonial, but he's not playing Memorial, which I think is an absolute whiff uh, just because it's a major type venue. Uh, he's not playing RBC, and then the next week's double. It's odd. Three weeks we're right back. In almost three weeks we're right back to the. I know. It's going to be so incredible. From the, the weekend. From the US Open. Oh, man. It's going to be awesome. Now, yeah, I, I, uh, I am not 100% positive whether or not I am going to be down at the U.S. Open in Pebble Beach, which, by the way, for all of you yeah. Northern California golf fans, Thursday, June 13th through Sunday, June 16th. Um, yep. It, it, it should be a lot of fun. I, I am going to be down in the Bay Area that weekend, so I'm going to try my best to make it down to Pebble uh, for at least a day. Um, God, it's going to be awesome. That's going to be so fucking awesome. Four weeks, man. That That is not very far away. No, no. We're going to have like one or two podcasts, and then we're going to have to start doing our U.S. Open preview. <laughs> Some really good tournaments. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, in between, I mean. Colonial Memorial, RBC Canadian Open, and then boom, U.S. Open. Yeah. Hello. Wild. Hello. God, that's perfect. Nice little run. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, let me turn this back on you before we go. Based yeah. on what you saw from Jordy this past weekend, how do you feel yeah. about him going forward? Assuming that he finishes in the top 20 uh, at Colonial, would you like him as uh, going into the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yep, it's it, it's a major, and he likes the golf course. Yep. Uh, I mean, dude, the guy hit thirty six percent of the fairways and finished tied for third on that golf course. Think yeah. about that. It's crazy. Look that up for a That's crazy. Um, it's very impressive. If he can just get a little bit of confidence from his putting, if he can loosen up in the fairway a little bit uh, and start 
you know, being the best iron player on tour again, then we might be, then we might be cooking with some peanut, uh, peanut oil, Kyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's well put. That's really actually, that, that's eloquently said. I think next week, I think this week at Colonial is a really big week. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it with that. Okay. I think probably a bigger turning point than, than the T3 finish. If he misses the cut, then it's like, okay, he's not playing Memorial, he's not playing RBC. Where, what are his odds going to be? You know what I mean? Completely up in the air. Yeah. But if I'm... he comes out and wins or top tens and takes it low a couple days, uh, yeah, yeah, then 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 we're we're heading in the right direction. Sure. I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed and hope that he reconsiders going to Memorial. That would that would be fun, and that would be oh, yeah. really really good for him to be out there. That would, uh, yeah, oh, Jack Sherman's fun. That is a fun golf tournament. Um, perfect, man. Well, let's see. Anything else, my good no. sir, that we need to touch on before we bid these people adieu? We let them go out their week, and we let them get excited for Jordan Spieth, the Colonial. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> clear Steph Curry's best point card in Just going to that. I think you are correct, sir. I, I, I think he is still, in fact, the best point guard alive. He's... Unbelievable. Thirty-six and a half points is what he averaged over the Western Conference astounding. Finals. Wow, that's astounding. Yeah. That man is good at basketball. Yeah. Goodness gracious! All right. He's on really, that note, he's really, really good at what he does. Uh, on that note, I'm going to go continue to watch uh, Sports Center recaps of a basketball game that I just watched in full uh, less than two hours ago because that's well, just I've, that's just I've what been I'm looking for. Just on mute. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. All right. Jesper, thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate uh, you coming in. Really fun tournament, man. I, I know you enjoyed it, and uh, I will talk to you again most likely next week. Let's do it. All right. Perfect. Thank you, partner. You're the man, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Later, brother. Thank you again to Jess. Really appreciate his time, as always. And uh, before we say goodbye, I just wanted to remind you guys. Bannon Dunes this December, December 13th through 17th. Do your thing. All right, come and join us. It is going to be December 13th through the 17th. Golfguide.net. Click the events tab at the top of the webpage and come join us. It's going to be a really, really good time. Um, If you have any questions about the Bannon Dunes trip and you want to get after yours truly and uh, pick my brain or maybe you just have some some random questions regarding the trip and logistics and things like that, you can uh, contact me at Kyle, K-Y-L-E, at golfguide.net, and I'll be happy to answer any questions that you've got. All right, that's it, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back uh, in several days from now. So until then, happy hitting and adios. Adios.